Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. By the way, the hashtag is Nafet Movies. Um, so won't that be just the flavour of the month at the moment as we wait for those news on the five o'clock closing time? We'll tell. We are joined um, with uh, in studio Fanula Jones. You're over there, Fanula. I sure today? am over here. I'm uh, good. How are you? Good, and you're stacked up with beer already. I'm I'm so happy. <laughs> no time wasting there. And Dean McGuinness is with us as well. Dean, how are you today? Hey, Tom, how are you doing? Good to you're, see you. You're, you're bringing the champagne of beers today, you've described it as. Absolutely, yeah. What we've got, it is an Oud Goose Lambic. One of them is particularly lively, so I had to open it before we came on air in case I shut down and used up with beer spraying all over the place. Um, but it is a sour beer. Uh, so it's one that I need to warn you about before you, you taste okay. it. If you think of tasting traditional lemonade made from lemon juice and that kind of acidic uh, sourness that you get with it, that's the predominant flavour of it. Now, what we've got is a really special beer. Um, Ten different Lambic brewers come together every two years and brew a batch of this style of beer. And then all ten batches are brought together and blended to achieve one mega blend of beer. It's done every two years and we are tasting in the market at the moment. There is 2021 and 2019 and today we're tasting 2021, 2019 and then the last one will be the 2017 mega blend. So you can see how it develops over right. time. As so it that ages. is unusual, isn't it? Because I don't I don't think I've ever known of beers which are improving with age. Yeah, generally beer, um, it, depending on the style of beer with a, an IPA, usually you're looking at it being best within six months of it being brewed and most beers have a best before date of about 12 months uh, but some beers about six styles in particular can age very well uh, Udgu's Lambic um, uh, uh, and, and Imperial Russian Stout I've really caught myself now I'm going to have to do all six of them <laughs> English Barley Wine American Barley Wine uh, Belgian Trappist Quadruple and uh, West Flanders uh, uh, Oud Brune or uh, Flanders Red they will all age quite well and uh, some of them will age 20, 30 years. I've tasted a 24-year-old beer, which was really delicious. I, I'd say there are people listening to this now who just, you know, have had bedsits where they've had beer at the back of the fridge that could have been there 24 years. <laughs> and now they're digging it out thinking it's worth millions. <laughs> going, that tastes fine. <laughs> well, beer, the good news about beer is beer, beer um, as, as a, a foodstuff, beer can never kill you. People will say that they feel <laughs> oh like they're God. dying. What have you just said? <laughs> it's Christmas! <laughs> but uh, there is no organism that can harm human health that can survive in beer because it's an acidic and alcoholic environment with uh, with um, hops that act as a preservative. Uh, now, if you have lots and lots of alcohol, obviously that's not going to do you any favours. Okay. Um, but, uh, but it won't be the beer. It won't be the beer. That, <laughs> right. that, that, I think <laughs> write down everything Dean says. <laughs> is my advice to people. Record him, yeah. Uh, Call well, the lawyers now. I better, I better, I better bring Esther in before she thinks she's been left out. Hello, Esther. How are you? Hi, Tom. How are you? I bet I'm just wondering from Dean's theory there, does that mean if we all covered ourselves in beer that we would kill the pandemic? <laughs> Give it a go. <laughs> there was actually, there was a really funny um, spin a few years ago on... Um, kind of zombie apocalypse disaster movies. It was an Irish film actually called Grabbers and it was about a a, a a village up the country that was invaded by sea monsters 
But they were allergic to alcohol, so the premise was that everyone, if everyone stayed drunk, they would survive. (laughs) It was really good fun. It sounds like an episode of Father Ted. (laughs) It was really good fun. You probably get it on 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 streamer by now, I'm sure. Oh well. (laughs) Right. Well, you're missing out today, Esther. So you know, because the champagne of beers in the studio. I have a grand um, mug of tea here in my Monsters Inc. mug, but I can't <laughs> say I'm I'm not grimacing a little, to be honest. Um, what films are you going to be looking at today, Esther? Two biggies today. Um, Netflix's big Christmas offering uh, called Don't Look Up, which is also in cinemas this weekend. Um, and it's about kind of... Uh, it's Leo and Jennifer, and it is uh, about two astronomers who kind of discover... That um, this Mount Everest-sized comet is um, due to hit Earth in six months' time and and wipe out life as we know it, or as we call it now, Tom, a documentary. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have a Swan Song, uh, which is an interesting one. This uh, there's an Irish filmmaker about five or six years ago, uh, the, the year that Room actually won an Oscar. Um, for Best Actress and we had a heap of other nominations and it was one of those years it was like oh my god we're nominated in loads of categories but one of the few people who actually came home with uh, an Oscar was a Dublin uh, filmmaker by the name of Benjamin Cleary who is mostly based in London but I've made a little short called Stutterer and if you haven't seen it have a Google there now I'm sure you'll probably find it easy enough on the internet it's an absolutely wonderful short film um, everybody in the Academy thought fell absolutely in love with it. So this little low budget short ended up winning best um, live action short film at the Oscars that year for Benjamin Cleary. And I've kind of watched him to see what he'd do since. And here he is like back with uh, a, a starry cast, including Mahershala Ali, um, who was so good in Moonlight, of course, Naomi Harris, Glenn Close and Aquafina wow. in a movie called um, Swan Song. So it's his debut feature film. Um, and, you know, an ambitious filmmaker, you can see the ambition in his, his short and, and the reason why it won the Oscar. And here he is trying to blend um, romance and sci-fi, I guess, in a kind of a, a story about a man facing a terminal illness who is considering this extraordinary choice he might make in his life. And it's a really good premise. It's not something I've seen done before. Um, which is rare these yeah. days. And uh, yeah, I really liked this one, actually. Yeah, I watched the, uh, the trailer and, and I see what you mean about the interesting premise. It, it looks great. Um, yeah. He has to be um, the Irish man who won an Oscar that very few Irish people can name. Possibly. Yeah, I, I think you'd probably. Yeah, I think if I was setting a pub quiz, uh, I'd probably sneak that the question in there somewhere I think the reason why as well is he's he's uh, I have had the pleasure of meeting him once at the IFTAS I think uh, a few years ago but um, he because he's London based he's not even hugely widely known in the Irish film scene you know so uh, it's it's an interesting one I guess we you know most of what he's done has been away from home and again here um, so yeah right. it'd be a good pub quiz question yeah it would and I presume winning an Oscar is life changing end of story yeah, I think you know. I I I I think it's indicative as well that maybe that he he spent five years getting this made. I think he probably saw of an opportunity to do something really special here with my first feature, 
and uh, let's take the time and get the cast on board for it and get the right people. And uh, I have to say, Maharshal Ali, who's, you know, if anyone's seen Moonlight, you'll know he's he's a fantastic actor, but like he rarely gets leading man roles. Uh, so for him to take on what is a dual role here, and we'll go into why later, is really interesting. And it's, you know, he's he's definitely proved himself to be an actor's director, uh, Benjamin Cleary, on this one, that's for wow. sure. Wow. Uh, look forward to hearing more about that. We'll talk to you again now in a minute. Um, a text Mike and Connemara says, if I could get a beer to last 24 hours in the fridge, I'm doing well. <laughs> Never mind 24 years. Um, Finn, you're, you're concerning yourself first with the world of the Kardashians. Um, Kim, I saw photographs. Did I see photographs of Kim with another man? Oh, yeah. She's flat out with Pete Davidson, the comedian and SNL star. Wow. When, and also, when am I not concerning myself with the Kardashians? I love the way you're, you say this as if this is a recent thing now. I'm fully immersed in this culture now. Culture with the K. But yeah, they've been flat out. Um, uh, she's obviously been very busy. She's just passed this baby bar exam, which for anyone who isn't familiar, she's kind of been looking to study law. She's documented the journey on the she now defunct she, very true she documents everything including this journey to her becoming a lawyer um, on Keeping Up With Kardashians which is obviously off the air now but it was kind of the big focus of the last season um, she failed it like three times um, but she's passed on the fourth attempt it's basically the law exam for people who don't go the traditional route which of course why would Kim go the traditional route because she's too famous and too rich and doesn't have enough time of course so um, she passed on the fourth attempt which was actually she wouldn't be able to take it any more times other than that so you can only ever take okay. it uh, three times but I think with COVID this year they gave everyone like another go okay. so she passed she said she's she really wants to get involved with uh, reforming the criminal justice system she's involved uh, heavily in that already but I suppose she doesn't really have the credentials she's due to do a podcast with Spotify about it as well I think but yeah kind of the first steps um, and she could end up rep- representing herself in her divorce battle because obviously she's split from Kanye at the minute filed for divorce in February um, but she's filed new documents this month in which she basically wants to be immediately done she wants the divorce immediately terminated because she's going around with this new fella Pete Davidson yeah. um, and she's obviously just not interested he's very interested though Kanye he wants them to stay together um, there's been a couple of concerts a couple of public events where he's basically just been like Kimberly I love you I want to get back together he was he performed at a free Larry Hoover benefit concert I think people can watch it on Amazon a very good concert but he basically changes the lyrics to run away basically oh, asking Kim to come back really? to him yeah it's pretty it's pretty painful Harsh. to watch as yeah and apparently she was in the audience and she was with North their daughter all very awkward. So he doesn't want to let her go. Bottom line, doesn't want to let Bottom her go. Line, no, and that's what she said in the legal proceedings. Like she said, there's no way, like, irreconcilable differences. There's no way they're getting back together. Um, but he basically just won't. There's no moving from his side legally. So, oh, yeah. Like, bit of a mess. I, I, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry. Obviously, very, very much still in love. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I do wonder if it's going to be covered in this Netflix documentary that's coming up as well. This which, is one that he's been filming for 20 years. Yeah. No, but the thing is, he's not actually directly involved in this he's approved the footage but he has nothing to do with it which I actually think would be better because I think we might get a less biased view because of particular things he's done and said over the past years and it's very hard to defend him but yeah it has been shot over 20 years it's a documentary trilogy from Netflix and it's actually going to Sundance which is 
very interesting. Okay. And he's not maintaining a kind of a last minute, he only lets into it things that he makes him no, look good. No, it's from literally like the, the debut record, the college dropout. Yeah. The documentary is called Genius, spelt J-E-E-N-Y-U-H-S, which is probably the word. It, like it's a play on his album Jesus, but it's just a terrible title. But yeah. anyway, um, it's loads of never before seen videos and kind of charting his career. Um, the documentary sold for more than $30 million earlier this year. So Netflix paid a pity penny. Um, but I'll be watching. I think it'll be very, very interesting. We don't have a streaming date for it yet, okay. but it's some stage in 2022. They've loads of money anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Owen says, I'd love to have somebody who failed their law exam three times representing me, I have to say. <laughs> Great point. Great yeah. point. <laughs> point well made. I think we might need a beer at this point. Um, <laughs> okay. Along. You do need to kind of set this because you, you really are, you know, I was watching you on social media earlier, Dean, and you're, you, you're loving this beer. You've called it the champagne of beers. We're having vertical drinking, which I've never heard of before. That, yep. That's what exactly is vertical drinking? So what you've got is that some beers will vintage so you can age them over time. And what happens with beer generally is that um, with most beer styles, they're best when they're first brewed, when they're freshest. Um, but with some beer styles, what you'll find is that they'll develop their flavour over time and you'll get different character depending on the age of the beer. So you'll find that at one point in time it will have a certain flavour profile and then a number of years later that the flavour profile can change. A number of years later it can change uh, again. There's a, a really good book about this called Vintage Beer that won an award in the US as a, on a, a beer book, a guy called Patrick Dawson. And he's tasted a number of beers um, over about 20 to 30 years and compared the flavours that are happening and uh, charted out the different flavours and how they evolve and so on. So with the three beers that we've got today, we're doing a side-by-side of the two that are in the market. One is the freshest one, which is the 2021 uh, beer. Uh, The second one is the 2019 beer, so that's two years old. Okay. Now, for the beer itself, by the time we're getting it, it already took three years to make it. Right. Uh, so it's okay. uh, uh, And that's what process. vertical drinking is. Uh, is the it vertical it's tasting is tasting a kind of a one vintage and then tasting another you know, vintage and then tasting another vintage oh, and that's comparing That's one of, ver- of the verticals cleared up. We find out what vertical farming is now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, that one I, I don't know about, yeah. <laughs> making major progress. <laughs> uh, you're also, your notes today read like a, a novel. Today's beer is a perfect metaphor for Christmas Day uh, because beer is sour. That's the first thing you notice. But after a while, when you get into it, it's more—it's what makes it more interesting and appealing. Yeah, the, these um, how you would describe the family of brewers that make these beers is that they are the most eccentric of the eccentric brewers in Belgium. Uh, well, I'd say that's quite eccentric. <laughs> they are brewing beer that is highly unusual, that is very, very niche. And they're, they're, like they're superb characters, but they're quite individual. And I, th- I think most people in the world have a relative like that, that, you know, they're worried <laughs> is going to arrive on Christmas Day and the, the wonder of Christmas Day is how wonderful it is because these things are so different and because they're so so unusual so with this beer like, I see it as a metaphor for Christmas Day you've got 10 different brewers that all belong in a family for a very technical reason as well they have to brew um, in a specific region of the world they have to brew in uh, Brussels or in an area just south of Brussels because the yeast that they use is uh, in the natural environment and it just exists in that environment so they're, they're they're related by region, they're related by DNA insofar as they're all using yeast with a, a common DNA and then they're related in terms of the beer style that they do but they're all independent brewers that come together every two years. Normally this beer is uh, brought in for a beer festival 
and uh, they haven't for the beer festival but with COVID they haven't been able to do the beer festival so that's the reason why it's available internationally We've got to have our tasting Sure Because there's a very relevant text coming in from Zenga He says uh, Lambic beer is improved with age because they taste so bad when they're brewed Oh Harsh There is a thing that people say about sour beers that you have to drink at least three litres of them before you can decide whether you like them or not right. uh, So what you've got with them is that um, the first flavour that you get is sourness and that can be quite a shocking flavour so it's a flavour that kind of really makes your mouth water and uh, triggers I love sour so I'm very excited for this yep Um, so the the flavours that you get are going to be lots of sour fruit flavours so lime gooseberry um uh, lemon juice, uh, you know, those types of flavours, bit of green grape in there. Uh, that's balanced out with a bit of white pepper. Lots of carbonation. Um, there's fermentation going on in the bottle. That's the reason for the huge pop when I when I open the bottle. Um, uh, so there's lots of carbonation because that's uh, developing. And that acidity, which is that kind of sourness, uh, very, very little bitterness, but acidity, and it makes your mouth water like crazy. If you want to do something that will give you a real challenge, if you take a mouthful of the beer, hold it in the centre of your mouth and let it slide over the sides of your tongue. Do you want to try that, Vanilla? What you'll find... So much. <laughs> I'm way out It's absolutely delicious. I'm trying to do a show here, so Vanilla, if you could maybe just do that for us. You'll get right? a massive hit of acidity when Don't you do it. Don't mix your beers. This one. The, that's the number one, yeah. Mm. So we've got two different beers that we're tasting. So the one with the blue rim around the glass is the one that's 2021. If you've I've never it, tasted a beer like it in my life. It is very, very unusual. Now, what, what so you need yum. to... It's so yum, it's so lemony. Yeah, is, yeah. I, I can't... That text is completely wrong. It's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's another unusual thing about this beer. It's brewed with aged hops. So that sourness provides uh, a lot of flavour in it. And that flavour... Now, uh, I'm going to be a little bit technical. Uh, generally, I, I don't get concerned about when people use the wrong word for the wrong flavour. You know, people should just describe it whatever way it is. But bitterness is the type of flavour that you get in IPAs. You get it at the back of your tongue and it t- tends to develop about 15, 20 seconds after you've uh, tasted the beer. Uh, with sourness, that's the mouth-watering, acidic, yeah. uh, tongue-puckering flavour. It's a completely different flavour technically. There is virtually no bitterness whatsoever in this beer. The hops are aged and uh, the way that it works is that you get um, uh, very little bittering flavour yeah. from the beers but you get a lot of preserved quality. Absolutely delicious. I, I'm giving that absolute thumbs up. Are you yeah, familiar? yeah we loved that. Really, really I was nice. ex- Because you've used the word bitterness so often I was expecting to find something very bitter and far from it. Yeah. Really. Yeah, it's quite sour. Yeah. And for once in my life I'm getting all those other flavours that you've mentioned. The it fruit gives, ones. It gives, you, it gives you a whack in the face of uh, lime and gooseberry yeah. in particular yeah. and then some tart cherry as well yeah, yeah I'm getting that white pepper as well it's really white like pe- kind of smoky at the end it's yep. really nice it's oh, this is an absolute thumbs up from the panel there's no question about that <laughs> you've got number two there we can taste very quickly or do you want to do it after I'd say we might need to get this break and then uh, we'll head on to that uh, so a quick break back with our, our first movie and our second beer after this I still can't believe it you're going to fall in love with a new little person again <laughs> just breathe I'm going to count you down from three. And on three, and two, and one. Three. I can't lie to my family anymore. The second you tell your wife that you are dying, your opportunity to do this is gone. That is the clip from Swan Song from Irish director Benjamin Cleary. And Esther, um, it's complicated enough, so I better let you explain this to people. 
Uh, look, it's a premise that just blew my mind. This, um, if the if you knew you were going to die and you could protect the people you love the most from the grief of losing you, would you do that, even if it means lying to them, basically? Um, so this is the opportunity that Cameron, who's played by Marichal Ali, is presented with. It's set in the near future. Um, he's madly in love with a woman by the name of Poppy, who's played by Naomi Harris. Um, and because this memories are a big theme of this film, so we get to, you know, we get to experience how they meet the first time on a, on a train and how playful that is. And it's a very funny scene, actually. You're kind of in love with the two of them from the off. Um, but he has found out that he has terminal brain cancer um, and he wants to he hasn't told her. Um, and they have a young child as well. He also finds out she's expecting another kid. It's all the horrible stuff for him, you know. But there's a reason behind the decision that he hasn't told her. Um, he's given an option when he's diagnosed with the illness by his doctor, who's played by Glenn Close, to protect his family from this grief. Now, it's a bit out there, but it is sci-fi. So you have to kind of step in with this one, right? She has developed this top secret new programme um, and he's the only the third person to embark on it uh, where he could build a clone for himself. So he's secretly replicating himself before he dies to shield his family from the loss. Um, it sounds like a concept that could go wildly wrong, doesn't it? But it really works so well. I think why is the sci-fi stuff is there by way of entry point into the story, but nobody's wearing tinfoil shiny suits or anything like that. It feels very... Um, kind of relevant and pertinent and there are all sorts of moral dilemmas so first of all he can't tell anyone basically um, uh, because you know the whole point of it is, is that the poppy would not be involved you know would not have to suffer the grief and obviously if she knew then she would suspect something if she even knew the program existed um, her dog feels otherwise though there is one ah. amazing scene where the clone uh, shows up at the house for a practice run and the dog flips out. So all sorts of really interesting ideas are stacked and stacked into this, you know. Right. Um, and there's a, and you kind of go, why is he doing this? This is wrong. And then a little bit into the film, you discover that Poppy fell to pieces following um, the death of her brother, uh, a pre, very premature death a couple of years earlier. Um, she was so consumed by grief, uh, she was un unable to leave her house for a year. Um, like it really ripped her life apart. And he, the prospect of that happening to her again right. is just something he can't take on. But obviously, because he can't be dying at home and then suddenly be replaced by a healthy He person, has to die alone. He has to die alone. But also, at some point, these two... Camerons, two Mahershala Ali's have to coexist. There has to be kind of a phase of a handover. Um, so then other human emotions and, and the clone, by the way, is programmed to believe that he is um, Cameron because otherwise it won't work, if you know what I mean. When he's back over li living family life, he can't play pretend. He right. has to actually believe he is Cameron. So that brings up all these feelings of jealousy and guilt and rivalry. Um, there's a really couple of... Um, it's a very sci-fi, very drama drama oriented, but there's a couple of really, really gripping scenes as well. There's one scene where real Cameron, not cloned Cameron, decides... Um, 
he really wants to spend one more night in the family home. But because he's sick, he drops um, he drops uh, with, a, with a fit. He has a seizure just outside the house and drops to the ground unconscious. Wow. And they're trying to get him to, to come to and to, to get to a hospital because otherwise the game is up. Yeah. Uh, and because his wife is at right there at the window looking the other way. And if she turns around and looks out and sees she's going to know there's something wrong and that there's a terminal illness there, you know. So there's all of that going on. Um, Aquafina pops up as a supporting character. Uh, she is in this residence, residency like um, Cameron. Um, she has also been cloned and he gets to meet her clone just so he can see how the process works. And there's a very moving scene where he's back in um in the centre with the real Aquafina who's dying and she wants to she wants to know, does does my child believe it's me? Really, really human stuff at the heart wow. of all this. Um very high concept. Yeah. I think it does wobble. It's trying to find an ending, a, grabbing a little yeah. for an ending in the end, I think, um two hours long. But really it's written by Benjamin Cleary as well as starring. That's what I was wondering. Um an original so, story yeah, from Benjamin Cleary. An original wow. story. I was going whose novel is this based on? Yeah. You know, a uh, very, very high concept, very original, uh, presented still with the big, big moral questions from early on. Uh, is it right the Cameron should keep this news? If we could secretly clone ourselves to protect others, what would we? And even stuff like identity and how and would, we would identify ourselves. Would they to know others. even a clone? If you introduce exactly. clone yourself, are they not going to exactly? Is how someone sees you the same as how yeah. you see yourself? You know, really, really interesting. Um, as I say, it wobbles in the final yeah. half hour, but I was on board by then. It's a really good romance, and Great. it's a really. Yeah, it's on Apple um, TV from okay. today, I should say. Yeah, Apple have this one exclusively, Tom. Elaine makes a good point. Sounds very festive, Esther, she says. Yes, <laughs> indeed. Um, so, <laughs> El- Elaine, wait till you hear the one about the meteor crashing to Earth. <laughs> Great. Um, well, you know the way it's out at this time of the year, which is December, and normally films, I think they have a run for the Oscars, get around this time of the year, January, February. Is there a bit of that about this? Is it is Because it has great cast, isn't it? I'd hope it gets a bit of attention. You have to think Apple would have the resources to yeah. run a campaign for it, which is what you have to do. You can't just sit there waiting for the Academy to like your films, unfortunately. There has to be a bit of Jackie he- okay. Healy Ray stuff going on. Um, but certainly, uh, I would see Maharishala Ali should be in the conversation for a wow. season for a lead actor at the very least for this. And, and Benjamin gets mentioned again. Brilliant stuff, Esther. Thanks very much for that. Uh, before we go to talk about Spider-Man, we have to taste our second beer, which is it's it's the kind of it's the ancestor of the previous one that we've had, basically. Yep. And this is 2019, this one. This is the 2019 version. So what you've got, uh, some of the flavours have softened down a little bit. So the acidity is a little bit less. It's coming through more strawberry, strawberry pips in the flavour. A um, uh, little bit of vanilla that is developed, which is unusual. And uh, while there's still a good amount of acidity in it, uh, the vanilla kind of softens the acidity and it makes it a little bit more It's much accessible. fruitier, it seems, now. There's, yeah, there, and different types of fruit. Uh, rhubarb as well, uh, sour cola cubes uh, coming through in the flavour. So, yeah, a, a different right. kind of evolution of the beer. Our yeah. beer expert, Fanula, how did you... Beer expert, yeah. Get... I, I preferred this, I think, to the previous one. I get that kind of little sweetness, but oh, you still have that balance of... it's dividing the audience. Of, you still have that balance of 
the sharp, but I like yeah. that little hint of sweetness. It's very nice. Yeah. Zenga was on, by the way, to say uh, the text is not wrong because you're drinking blended lambic. It's totally different. Drink single lambic and you'll know what I mean. It's, yep. Yeah, um... So that'll be more bitter. <laughs> So, well, uh, yeah, I'm always um, acidic. Uh, so, yeah, I'm uh, kind of sharp and, and mouthwatering. Yeah. Um, forget notes of fruits and cereals. Give me a proper beer review. How much of it do I need to consume before I can forget everything and start thinking I'm somebody I'm not? <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this one you need to, to, to be respectful of. It's a 7% ABV beer. So it's, it's almost twice the strength of, of regular beer. So not a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the, the only aged beer I drink is the leftover opened bottle from the night before. Gargle with it before breakfast. It works wonders. John will never... <laughs> Beer brings out the best to people. Finding our level, yeah. Yes. So, um, the the new Spider-Man movie is yes. happening over the weekend. I have to admit, I'm kind of starting to lose the plot with the reboots and the new, you know. Yeah, same. Same. I am going to see this over Christmas though because my sister really wants to see it. She's an yeah. absolute Marvel head, and from what I've read of the reviews, it's supposed to be pretty good and pretty uh, and, satisfactory. In and terms people of... should know that because large sections of it have appeared on the internet yes um, they were the victim of pretty substantial leaks this week so it came out this week um, and like immediately there was chunks of the movie turning up on YouTube because this is this has been widely anticipated because obviously like it's Marvel Spider-Man beloved franchise also what's significant about this one is it kind of brings together um, people from the past Spider-Man, so even pre-Tom Holland, you know, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, I nearly forgot his name. There's like villains from those past series, like Willem Dafoe was in it, Jamie Foxx, blah, blah, blah. But there's been a lot of hype about that as to how they're going to bring them together and will it pay off. So obviously people were innocently searching whatever Spider-Man, you know, No Way Home, whatever. And when I say there were like 10 minute bits of the movie turning up on YouTube. Now, Sony acted pretty much immediately once they got this because again like this is something we live in an age of spoilers and we live in an age where we can't really avoid them and people are desperate to avoid them Um, so they pulled them pretty much straight away but you're talking about like it was mainly kind of foreign dubs and uh, films with foreign subtitles were just cropping up on YouTube so you didn't even have to go to the cinema you just searched it's hard to believe it was there, that, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff happens in the world of music very often Yeah, where it's so easy to stick out an mp3 of a song but to stick out 10 minutes of a movie yeah. god it sounds like you'd be going you'd be trying to yeah. do that you'd be going out of your way this is going back even kind of to the start of the release campaign like when the trailer initially came I think it was I think the trailer was kind of rush released out because a pirated version of the trailer someone got their hands on it and leaked it like it's you just can't yeah. avoid anything now. Sounds it's, crazy, yeah. crazy. And also, um, Killing Eve season four is coming. Um, I kind of lost this after season two. Yeah, same. And I think a lot of people would agree. But this is the fourth and final season. So I think people would be kind of keen to see what happens next. We're kind of, we're sparse on plot, but it picks up pretty much immediately. Didn't lose the main writer, the girl who wrote Flea, uh, Fleabag. She bowed yes. out after season two, didn't yeah. she? Yeah, she's, she's very busy doing lots she's of other things. She's very successful. Is apparently going to be in the new Harrison Ford. What Phoebe Waller-Bridge. What's that man's name? Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones, thank you. Oh my God, my brain. She's apparently the new Indiana Jones, but that remains to be seen. But yeah, there's, if anyone wants to look it up, there's kind of the first new photos have landed. Fiona Shaw is actually in this new series, which is very good and we have uh, Camille Cotton is also going to feature um, but the photos basically you see uh, Villeneuve she's in like a church trying to kind of I think shed her label as this monster character um, and then Sandro's Eve is still flat out like trying to 
get her down and just figure it all out. Okay. So that is coming. Well, there's a US release date announced. So it's February 27th of next year, obviously. We yeah. don't have a UK or Irish date yet, but I would imagine it's going to be around the same all time. Right. And um, that's going to be a BBC iPlayer job. So You'd still watch because the cast is so good, even if the, if the script Yeah, and I think you're, was. you're kind of that far in it. You want a conclusion. And I I think they'll do a good job. It's yeah. like she, Jodie Comer, who plays when I kind of said, like, look, it's I think it's better that it's ending now that they're not absolutely flogging the dead horse out of yeah. it. So. Uh, final question before we go to the ad break is vertical drinking not what you do at the start of the night you're <laughs> on in horizontal drinking <laughs> I'm thinking Spider-Man upside down job or something when you said it yes exactly we've one more movie and one more beer to come after this well there's there's somebody's uh, weekend after improving out of all recognition and the cash stream will get re- reloaded after five o'clock with a new uh, total in that we have our second film to take a listen to this is Don't Look Up let's take a clip from it uh, this isn't really happening. I hear there's uh, something you don't like the looks of. We discovered a very large comet. Oh, good for you. It's headed directly towards Earth. This comet is what we call a planet killer. At this exact moment, I say we sit tight and assess. Sit tight and assess? Sit tight. And then assess. The sit tight part comes first, then you got to digest it. That's the assessment period. This is the worst news in the history of humanity. He just blew us off. What are we going to do? We have to release the information. So we just leak it. Our guests today have made a pretty big discovery in space. How big is this thing going? I can't destroy my ex-wife's house. Is that possible? (laughs) There's a 100% chance that we're all going to die. Hey. Wow. Sounds very dramatic, Esther. This is a big film for Netflix, isn't it? It's huge, yeah, and they're having an Oscar run with it as well. They they actually released it in cinemas. It's in cinemas this weekend um, to qualify, which is a, a qualifying factor for the Oscars, uh, which they do with their big international titles. Um, so if you see a Netflix movie in the cinemas, basically it means they're going for uh, okay. for the Oscar. Uh, there's been quite a few of them. There's going to be they're going to be in the conversation a big time. A big time comes spring. There's been a lot of them. Um, and this is obviously Adam McKay um, uh, from the, the Great Short uh, writer director. And he has written this kind of satire um, on, you know, it's really about climate change and our lack of ability to um, realise there's a disaster coming down the tracks. And he's do- doing this through the, the true satire. I'd argue you could you could you could um, say it speaks to the times we live in right now as well. Um, but it is basically uh, these two scientists, they're kind of small time scientists who make this, uh, you know, off the radar discovery that a comet about the size of Mount Everest is due to hit Earth in six months time. Um, it's due to hit planet Earth, basically wipe out all human life as we know it uh, with something that size. And the two scientists kind of go along. They're freaked out, obviously. Um, Jennifer Lawrence is this kind of she's got a mullet, Jennifer Lawrence, and she still looks good. God damn her. Mm. Um, she's this kind of smart, emotionally kind of tuned in graduate grad student uh, who's named Kate. And she is uh, her lecture is played by Leo DiCaprio and he's this astronomer by the name of Dr. Randall Murray. So they kind of get together and realise he's quite a nervy character anyway, but they're freaked out by this discovery, as you can imagine, and they get in contact with the White House um, and find out that, you know, 
sit tight and assess is their plan, basically, even though there's a comet hurtling towards Earth. Oh, okay. uh, and she, yeah, Merle Streep's great here. She's having a blast. I mean, she's totally over the top and she's kind of a panto villain, really, uh, as the American president. Uh, Jonah Hill plays her son and chief of staff. So you can imagine how messed up that relationship is. Uh, Mark Rylance pops up then as this kind of uh, British tech mogul who also is kind of trying to cast doubt on the claims they're making. So uh, it's kind of sit tight and assess is the plan. So the two scientists kind of go, no, we're going to leak this. And off they go to a TV show and leak the the truth to everyone. And then it gets kind of more satirical than ever because, um, you know, they, the world decides they're going to just go get on with things as well. Uh, so the whole message, right. I suppose, which feels a bit heavy handed, I have to say. I wasn't mad about this uh, okay. at all. Um, the message is we're not acting enough. We're not acting enough. But it's two and a half hours long, Tom, and it feels like. It would have been a really, really good sketch or a really good really? short film. And wow. it's just hammering home the same point. With that level over of cast in it. I mean, yeah. God. I, yeah, I wasn't mad about it. Now, some of the reviews have been really good for okay. it, but it right. tested my patience. Right. And I don't think. Um, I don't think making people impatient is a way of getting your satire to land, no, shall we no. say. Should be, yeah, it should be laughing in the aisles. Um, the listener yeah. says, imagine if they'd call the film Sit Tight and Assess. That would have won the Oscar. Oh, if only they had you, Esther. <laughs> I have to say, Dean, if there was a, a meteorite heading towards Earth, this is the beer I would choose. <laughs> We're on the last one there, are we? The end of days, yeah, the 2017 the, version. That's what they should call it, the end, yeah. the end of days. <laughs> Absolutely. As you know them. So what, what this this gives us an idea as to what the beer would be like as it ages. So it, um, one of the things... Um, a number of years ago, a, a friend of mine gave me, uh, quite a number of years ago, about 20 years ago, he gave me a bottle of wine and wrote happy 40th birthday on it. I was 23 at the time. And I held right. it until I was about 37. You know, I did fairly so well. Um, but uh, with these beers, um, the 2017 is an indication as to what the 2021 would be like in four years' yeah. time, or the 2019 would be in two years' time. And it continues to develop. So it softened a bit more, a bit more vanilla flavour to it, a little bit more complexity in the flavour, a bit more rhubarb, so some um, black and green tea coming through. Um, so kind of unusual flavours uh, coming through in it. No, um, and I think I prefer 2019. I think 2019. It's not bad, but I'm still on yeah. 20, the first one. Yeah. You're, you're on 2021? Yeah, yeah 2021 yeah, no, for my, me. Funny enough, my, my favourite out of the three of them is 2017, so we literally are split all three ways. That's <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. divided us, isn't it? Um, <laughs> it's delicious again. Yeah, if I hadn't tasted the other two, I think this is yeah. one of the nice beers I've ever tasted. Yeah, it's yeah, really they're, beautiful. They're lovely beers and unusual, uh, very different. Uh, if you're having a fish starter, um, a good lambic is good with it. You it were saying beer kind of and turkey, is that a thing? Beer and tur- yeah, um, uh, uh, Rodenbach Alexander has really good cranberry flavour to it. It yeah. acts as a compliment or a substitute for a thing or uh, Belgian triples like a Gouden Carolus triple would be right. good with, with turkey. Yep. Finula, before we let you go, Netflix and Old Spice. Yeah, the Old Spice still exists. No one saw coming or potentially wanted. The thing with Old Spice is it kind of got a new lease of life with the internet somehow with those viral like in Viral old dads. Yeah, and you see the guy on the horse and it's like, oh, yeah. random. I was very of that time kind of in the late noughties, early teens. But yeah, they're collaborating with uh, The Witcher, that series with Henry Cavill, uh, the new series out good? today. 
I actually haven't watched. I'm going to be honest, it's on my Christmas list. The fans are obsessed. And again, they've kind of been in huge anticipation for this new series. But yeah, they've worked together on this ad that kind of looks to see how the characters' lives would change if they used Old Spice. Um, David Brockter Davies is in it. Um, and they, they're they kind of doing other things. It's just, it's so deranged. But they're not I mean, updating the Old Spice itself, are they? That still remains... No, it's this. It's the same Old Spice, but they're doing, they're giving away these kind of limited edition deodorants with scents. It's the same scents, but they're called things based on Witcher themes. So you have like, this is going to mean, this means nothing to me. It will mean someone listening uh, who watches, but like smell a surprise, Yennefer's underarm. Like it's, I don't I'm know. loving all of this. Loving yeah. all this, so they've, I can say. It's bringing me back. <laughs> you love Old Spice. You my dad got it for me when I was nine, so I wouldn't like. <laughs> the family heirloom. It's the truth. <laughs> Great. Uh, thank you very much for that. Thank and you, Esther, thank you very much. And happy Christmas to you and Dean. Same to you and happy so, Christmas happy to you Christmas. both as well. Um, Movies and Booze on Moncrief. Brought to you by Lidl's award-winning wine range. Lidl. More for you. Enjoy alcohol sensibly. Visit drinkaware.ie.